Thank you, Jesus, that you are the lion and the lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing truth and life to us, Lord. We just bless you. We praise you this morning. In spite of ourselves, you're good. In Jesus' name, please be seated. Amen. Can we just uh, praise God for our worship team? They, they rocked it out yesterday. And I, I love that we live in a place where we can praise the Lord in such a public place like that. So we are definitely gifted with our team. Uh, hey, my name is Patricia. I'm the creative arts pastor here at Radiant Life. And if you've missed where we've been this summer, we've been in a teaching series titled 10. And we've been just journeying through the 10 commandments. This morning's not going to be any different, uh, but I did think I would grab a classic Disney clip to help introduce this morning's topic. So enjoy this. Pinocchio, why didn't you go to school? School? Well, I... Uh, go ahead, tell her. I was going to school till I met somebody. Met somebody? Yeah, uh, two big monsters with big green eyes. Why, I... Monsters? Weren't you afraid? No, ma'am, but they tied me in a big sack. You don't say. And where was Sir Jiminy? <laughs> oh, Jiminy? Uh, leave me out of this. They put him in a little sack. No. Yes. How did you escape? I didn't. They chopped me in a firewood. Perhaps you haven't been telling the truth, Pinocchio. Perhaps. Oh, but I have. <laughs> Every single word. <laughs> oh, please help me. I'm awful sorry. You see, Pinocchio, a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come clean. I'll never lie again. Honest, I won't. Please, Your Honor. Uh, uh, I mean... Miss Ferry, give him another chance, for my sake, will you? Huh? Well, I'll forgive you this once, but remember, a boy who won't be good might just as well be made of wood. Well, hopefully you've uh, figured out what commandment we're talking about today. We're talking about the lying one, the one that we have a tendency to rephrase when we're teaching children. We say lying is bad, and if you lie, your nose will grow. How many of you actually believe that as a kid? Apparently, I'm the only one. I 100% believed in that as a kid. In fact, I was convinced that that was the reason my nose was longer than my brothers and sisters. And I would go before the Lord, and I'd be like, I'm so sorry, just make it stop. <laughs> but I think we've all been there. Uh, because let's face it, not all of us murder, not all of us commit adultery, not all of us steal, but I think it's safe to say that all of us lie. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had someone call your house, and it was somebody that you didn't particularly want to spend time with or talk with, and you told whoever it was that answered the phone to tell them that you weren't home? Or have you ever been on a diet, and somehow a tub of ice cream goes missing, and your spouse comes and confronts you about it, and you blame it on your kid? 
That's a real scenario. I've witnessed that happen. (laughs) Or have you ever exaggerated the size of the fish that you caught in that lake? Or how about, have you ever told your parent you would be at so-and-so's house when you really were at so-and-so's house? Or have you ever participated in gossip, spreading rumors that weren't founded in truth? Or how about this? Have you ever texted on my way before you were actually on your way? Or this one's my favorite. Did you really read all the terms and conditions, or did you just check off the box (laughs) that you read all the terms and conditions? We've all been there. And sometimes the things that we lie about are as silly as, I read the terms and conditions when you didn't. And um, I want to share a few more things that we have a tendency to lie about, but I'm going to need a volunteer. Um, just anybody? I'm not going to ask you to tell me like all the things you've lied about. Okay, come on up. <laughs> all right, so Nick, can always count on you. Why don't you come right over here? Yep, stand right here. Wave to the crowd. There you go. <laughs> Do you know what this is? Bible. All right, can you put your hand on the Bible? Thank you. All right. You can put your hand up if you want to. (laughs) All right, Nick, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God. Remember, you're in church. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I want to read the whole contract before I sign. Before you check off the box? Yes. All right, you're awesome. I'm not going to tell you yet, so... Uh, All right, we'll take that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions. All right, are you okay? Like, (laughs) and I need you to be completely honest. I know he's like, whew. All right, the first question is really easy. All right, what's the last thing you ate? Uh, Breakfast. Like, what what did you eat? (laughs) What, like, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, Bacon, eggs, and hash browns. All right, how much of that did you eat? Uh, how, what do you consider a serving size? Like, I don't know, like a plateful. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, like, measure how much I was eating. Next time you have to. You didn't know that you had to measure your breakfast? All right, next question. Are you ready? Have you ever picked your nose? Yes. <laughs> no hesitation. Have you ever eaten what you've picked? <laughs> Just when you were a baby? Mm. I mean. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Okay. Have you ever peed in a pool? Yeah. How many times? I can't count it on both hands. All right. All you pool owners, watch out. All right. Who is the messiest person you know? All right, that's good. Uh, do you sing in the shower? When no one else is home, yes. What, what's your jam? Anything by Johnny Cash. Oh, like, like Ring of Fire? No? All righty then. Uh, when's the last time you lied? Think about it. 
Yeah, all right, awesome. I was just checking to make sure it wasn't like in the last 30 seconds, so you were pretty honest with us. No, I was honest. All right, awesome. Can we thank Nick for being honest with us? I got to embarrass two people today, so that's good. Well, I guess Frank wasn't embarrassed. Frank was my volunteer first service, and he was, he was good. Um, yeah, in one way or another, we all lie. And sometimes we don't think about the things we lie about, which is kind of sad that it's become second nature to us. And sometimes when we lie, we think about it a lot. And some of our lies we think just aren't significant, and some lies destroy families and friendships. And sometimes we even say some lies are just little white lies. They're no big deal. But imagine if we started to justify other commandments in that way. It was just a little murder. It was just a white steal. I said first service. I don't know what a white steal would be. But I think when we murder, we murder. And when you steal, you've stolen something. And when you lie, you lie, regardless how big or small you think it is. And in preparation for this message, I was kind of torn, like, do I talk about the fiery lying tongue, or do I talk about uh, whether or not sometimes it's okay to lie? And I really felt like we need to go in a different direction this morning, because I think this commandment is a deeper, there's a deeper heart issue to it. It's deeper than just simply not lying. And in fact, the commandment doesn't even say, do not lie. It says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. You see, we, we like to paraphrase and simplify and justify the lying commandment. Because nine times out of ten, when we lie, we're lying to appease or we lie to make ourselves look better. But what struck me about this commandment is it's not about me or you in the singular. It's about relationships and us in the plural. Let me explain. But in order to do that, we have to go like way back to the beginning, back to Genesis. And I'm sure some of you are like, I already know that story. We've already talked about it so many times. But I think that's where the root uh, of this commandment really takes place. So we're going to go back there. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 30. It says, so God created mankind in what? his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very, what? Good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. You know, if I could time travel to a moment, I would want to go to this moment to the moment before we started posting on Facebook that our relationships were complicated. Because I don't think relationships were complicated then. God made Adam and Eve. He said, I created you in my image. You are good. Take care of this place and each other. But things get complicated, or we made them complicated. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, we read that God told Adam, Hey, by the way, Adam, you can eat from any tree that you want to, but do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
or you'll die. And then we get to chapter 3, and Eve finds out about this commandment, whether, you know, I think Adam probably told her, and uh, we meet the serpent, and he starts crafting and twisting God's words to be something they were never meant to be. And he says to Eve, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? Notice how he worded that. To which Eve was like, no, God, God said that we could eat from any tree. We just can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Neither can we touch it or we'll die. You see, God never said don't touch it. He said don't eat it. And there was some exaggeration there, whether Eve was the one who exaggerated it or whether Adam was the one when he told her. However that went down, the, twist got, the truth got twisted. Do you ever exaggerate? And then we, we see that the serpent responds to Eve, and he was like, you won't die. Because God, God a liar. You won't die. God knows that when you eat the fruit, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. And so Eve ate, and Adam ate. And all of a sudden, they're exposed, and they're afraid, and they're hiding, and deceit entered the world that God had called good. And then we read about people starting to do their own things, and they're twisting truth, and they're hurting one another, they're tearing each other down, they're killing one another. And in a place that God had intended to multiply and be fruitful, we find the root of deceit, and deceit divides. You see, Satan grew question where God had planted protection. And this is how we find ourselves reading the Ten Commandments. You see, God didn't say to Adam and Eve, hey, don't eat this tree out of punishment. It was out of protection. And so when God gave these Ten Commandments to the Israelites, he didn't give it to them out of punishment. It was out of protection. You see, God had made a covenant with the people of Israel. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people. But hear me out. And I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. But hear me out. I want to walk with you. So here are a few things that will protect our relationship. And that's how we get to commandment number nine. And you can find that Exodus 20, chapter 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20 as well. And it says the same thing. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And in the original Hebrew, the word false means untrue, insincere, deceitful. First off, this commandment applies to the court of law. Like we had Nick up here. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We're called to tell the truth. Although Nick was a little hesitant. I don't know, let me get the terms and conditions. <laughs> but we're called to be people of truth because God is a God of truth. So that's first where this commandment applies. But I love that it doesn't stop there. I love that it goes beyond ourselves and it moves to our neighbors and it affects our relationships. J.I. Packer is an author. He's most known for his book, Knowing God. And uh, he wrote a book called Keeping the Ten Commandments, which isn't a very big book. So if you want to go read it, it's a great read. But he, he said the telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is a formula. And he says it's a formula that forcibly reminds us that exaggerations, half-truths, and misleading silences can all, in effect, be lies. I love that he added misleading silences because I think so often we relate lying to things that we speak, but when we don't 
speak out to things that aren't true, we're just as guilty. Whoa. But he continues. But the principle of holding truth sacred goes beyond the law court and touches all of our living. And I think we know that. I think we know dishonesty, it affects our relationships. So if we know that untruths affect our, our relationships, why do we lie? J.I. Packer asked that question, why do we lie? But then he also asked, why did Satan lie to Eve in the garden? I love this explanation. He says, partly from malice, partly from pride. When you lie to do someone down, it's malice. When you lie to impress, move, or use him and keep him from seeing you in bad light, it's pride. Satan lied because he hates God and godly folks and wants to extend his anti-God revolt. Men lie to shield themselves from exposure and to further their supposed interest. I think it was out of pride and, and shame that Adam and Eve weren't honest with the Lord after the incident that happened in the garden. And it was out of pride and malice that people brought Jesus against the court and they were bearing false witness against him, which ultimately put him on the cross. You know, we lie to shield ourselves, but when we lie to shield ourselves, we're not leaving room for our neighbors. We're not being honest with the ones we're called to be honest with. We're, we're not lifting up those that we're called to lift up. We're called to not bear false witness to our neighbors. We're called to be truthful. We're called to live like Jesus and share his love. But if we're dishonest, how can we have God-honoring relationships? You know, scripture has a lot to say about lying. And I don't have all the scripture up here because we could be here for a couple hours. Uh, but Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19 says this. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a what? Lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. And that's supposed to say heart. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil. And read this with me a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. I don't have this scripture up there, but Revelation 22:15 says that those who love and practice falsehood are not allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven. We might look at that and be like, that is extremely severe. But the severity of falsehood, I think, is understood when you go back to what happened in the garden. It was falsehood that brought the broken relationship between God and his people. You know, God didn't take it lightly, and neither did Jesus. And I'm going to read this. It's a longer scripture reading, and it's not up here. But I want you to listen to these words. Follow with me best that you can. In John chapter 8, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The son, he's talking about Jesus. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. 
We're going to go back to that. My word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's several things you can glean from that scripture. But one of the first things is, God is the father of truth, and Satan is the father of lies. If there's one thing I want you to get this morning, actually there are two things I want you to get, but here's the first, is that lying is a part of Satan's image, not God's. Lying is a part of Satan's image, not God's. And with that, I want you to ask yourself this question. Whose image, ask yourself, whose image am I living into and out of? Whose image? Is it the God of truth? Or is it the serpent that was deceitful and dividing? The second thing that really captured me in this passage was the part that said, my word finds no place in you. And I got to thinking about the power that words have. They're incredibly powerful, aren't they? They can motivate, they can energize, or they can diminish, and they can criticize. They can impact an entire crowd, or they can bore an entire crowd. Hopefully I haven't bored you too much this morning. But above all, God spoke the, wor the world into existence through words. And here Jesus is telling the people, my word finds no place in you. The word of truth and hope and life found no place in them. And because of that, Jesus said they were following the father of lies and not the father of truth. And because of that, they were running around spreading rumors in attempts to arrest Jesus, the light of the world. You know, when you're using words to tear people down, you're not building the kingdom of God up. And you can't build the kingdom of God up if you don't have his words in you. So here's the second thing I want you to remember this morning. The more you spend time in truth, the less you walk with falsehood. The more time you spend in truth, the less you walk with falsehood. You see, in the beginning, God walked with Adam and Eve, and he said, I made you in my image, and you are good. Take care of this place and each other. But it was when they left his presence that falsehood came in. Don't let that happen in your life. 
Be honest with one another. Build each other up in Jesus' name. Don't be a false witness. Be a follower of Jesus who is truthful even when it stinks. Because sometimes the truth stinks. You know, I, uh, a few weeks ago, I guess it was about a month ago now, went to NTS with a group of teens from here. And they had different rallies, and uh, they would have speakers and a band come in and play. And this one evening, uh, they had a band come and play a song. Uh, worship team, you can come up. Uh, the band came and they played a song, but they had youth come up and read scripture in the midst of the song. And I remember standing there, and like I was like a, a sobering like mess. I mean, I was weeping uncontrollably to the point that like the youth were being really sweet. They were like, "Oh, like are you okay?" And they came and they gave me hugs, but I couldn't explain like what was actually going on to them in that moment because I was in that moment. What was so captivating was that it was truth that was being spoken. And I hadn't realized how little truth I had spoken into my life at that point. And, it, and I got to thinking about that as I was preparing this message because every time, most of the time, when we're talking about lying, we always talk about lying to each other. But very rarely do we talk about the fact that we so often lie about uh, ourselves. We lie to ourselves about who we are. And um, so this morning, I want to take a moment and read truth over you. Because I think it's really hard to go out into the world and try to be light to a broken world if we're not walking in truth. And if we don't know who we are in Christ, and if we don't know the God of truth and, and what he says and what his words are. And so I'm going to be reading words to you that are truth from scripture, and the band is going to sing words of truth to you. And my prayer is that we would leave this morning walking in truth, and that we would know who we are in Christ, and that we would know the image we are created in. And that that is the image of God, and that's the image we're to walk in daily. Romans 6.6 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Colossians 3.1-3 Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. John 1, 9 through 14. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came down to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 John 3, 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. 1 John 1, 7-9 But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 14.2-3. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps and they sang a new song before the throne. Revelation 21, four through six, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. Is there anybody in this place that believes in the powerful name of Jesus? Is there anybody in here? Amen. I believe in that power. I have been redeemed. Oh, man, I love that song. Hey, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. Hey, if you're visiting us this morning, I'd like to welcome you. My name is Brandon. I'm the Community Next Steps pastor. I am so glad that you're here. When the plate goes by, just feel free to just let it go by. It's not some sort of fee uh, for coming to church this morning. But here at Radiant Life, this is our continued act of worship. And so if you're a regular tender, you know what to do. Get those connection cards out. Drop those off in the plate. If you are one of those visitors, be sure to take that to our cafe. Get a free gift. Get some drinks for the family. It's all on us. But hey, church, thank you so much for your investment here at the church. We're pushing almost 300 salvations over the last two years. Yeah, amen. So many people are taking next steps and getting baptized. It's because of your investment in this church and the message that's being preached on this stage. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So let's lift up this offering to Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for lives who are being transformed because of the message that is being spoken here. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Lord, I wish that I had more words to articulate to praise you and to thank you for just how awesome you are and what you are doing here at Radiant Life Church. So, Lord, we surrender. We give you this offering, not because you're after our money, but you just want all of our heart. And, Lord, thank you that we are a God-first church in every aspect of our lives. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this community of believers who are here this morning. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment to advance your kingdom because it's all about you and your kingdom. Lord, we praise you and thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Isn't God good? Man, I love being able to worship with you all and let this 
and uh, just lead us before God's throne. I love that Patricia can preach. Can't she preach? I mean, she just brings it. God's good. Hey, real quick, uh, the Carey family has uh, those flowers. What are those things called? Glad, glad. Yeah, they're, they're out there again for you. Take. I love this. Whose image are you living into and out of? Just let us wrestle with that question all week long in a good way. Whose image are you living into and out of? Hey, tonight at 5 o'clock, we're having our free and fun night right out here. We have inflatables for kids, but adults, you can get in, do the obstacle course, get on a tower and joust someone. We'll have hamburgers, hot dogs for you. 